0: To Psych Bites, the podcast that makes you think. So, in this episode, we're going to be looking at the idea of obedience and some of the theories and and thoughts behind the psychology of obedience, um, particularly as we prepare ourselves to explore further uh, the world of Milgram. Um, And so, yeah, let's just start by thinking about what is obedience and what does it actually mean to be obedient? Um, Certainly as a parent to quite small children, um, I encounter this idea of obedience on a regular basis or more likely the lack thereof, Um, particularly with a one year old who is very, very curious about uh, stepping over the boundaries. you know she actually looks at you as she's doing the thing that she knows that she shouldn't be doing and so there's this kind of interesting idea i guess um in psychology and, and perhaps even in, in theology and in, in philosophy and, and religion that you know there is this kind of rebellious streak within us that um that you know that sort of says oh you know, actually, you've told me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And if I do it, that's going to be much more interesting to me than if I than if I didn't, um, because essentially it's an exploration. I mean, you could say really like uh, Jean Piaget did the the famous uh, child psychologist the children, children are scientists, essentially they are learning about their world through trial and error. Um, And even if they, uh, you know, they make an error, they're prepared to make that error and they are prepared to take that step into the unknown just to see what happens. And actually there's something really worth taking from that. We are very likely afraid of what it means to fail. Okay, and, and, you know, let's just step outside the obedience stuff. This is kind of the point of this this particular podcast. This particular journey is all about us thinking on a deeper level about some of these issues. And, um, yeah, so actually, what is it? What does it mean? You know, where where do we lose that that desire to try something out just to see what happens? You know, how many of us will stop ourselves from taking that step and taking that risk because we don't want the consequences of it. There's something quite cool about that. Okay, back to the line then. Let's just take a hypothetical scenario to start with. So you walk through a park, nice beautiful day, um, and uh, a man approaches you. And points at a piece of litter on the floor that you have nothing to do with and says, pick that up and put it in the bin. So it's a really simple scenario, but let's just imagine it for a second and let's just sort of say, "Okay, what do I do? And chances are you're going to be slightly taken aback because, as we all know, um, or certainly those of us who have... uh, you know, been raised in fairly individualistic societies that you just don't talk to other people if you don't know them. In fact, uh, I was on a run recently and uh, and saw somebody that I work with and said hello to them, but I think the sun was in their eyes. They didn't recognise me, and they just sort of gave a very abrupt good morning. (laughs) And even though I know this person quite well, I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep going, because either they didn't realise it was me or they did know it was me and that's that's pretty awkward too anyway um yeah so you know let's just go back to this so you know we we'd probably be quite taken aback but essentially social psychology is about answering the question of like well hang on a second let's have a look at the situation of this now it might be you and yourself have a quite sort of servient, obedient disposition. So maybe you sort of see it's like, oh, okay. you know, maybe you'll take it back to the point that you just do it. Um, But actually, social psychology kind of argues that there's a lot more going on in the situation here um, that will determine our behaviour and determine the outcome. So, for example, the person is either wearing... uh, sort of what appears to be a uniform of some description Um, so maybe they're sort of smart maybe they've got a badge on their shoulder that kind of perhaps indicates that there's some kind of security type uh, law enforcement position uh, in which case you you know perhaps you'd be more likely to do it if this person is wearing you know t-shirt and bermuda shorts then you're probably less likely to do it but why you know it's the same request same individual let's say as well and, you know, it, it asks us some really important questions about, like, well, how much of the decisions that we make in our lives is determined by external forces? OK, so this is really the question that we come to in psychology of obedience. What are the factors that cause obedience? What are the things that make us more or less likely to obey? Now, we'll come to a second on the social psychology this, because obviously this is where we're this is what we're really um, looking at here. But let's just sort of go back a few hundred, not a few hundred years, but, you know, a hundred or so years to the work of Sigmund Freud. And, you know, we'll we'll explore Freud later, no doubt, because he is so much fun, um, just purely for the sort of blatant insanity of it all. You know, Freud kind of argued that, that in our... But in our psyche we have these sort of three opposing forces so we've got the id which is operating on the pleasure principle it's purely driven by our desire for something and our desire for things now so you know the world of instagram totally satisfies our desire for now um you know and, and satisfies the cravings of the id on the other hand you've got the superego and the superego is saying like no you can't do that you know it's naughty you should deny yourself that You know, and then you end up repressing those desires of the id and they kind of, you know, explode in really inappropriate ways. As so Freud said there's a third component to personality, which is your ego, which is the the bit in the middle that kind of balances these two posing forces. Now, where the superego comes from is kind of an interesting one in this study of obedience, because the superego is basically an internalization of your your parents and of wider society um, indirectly. And so if we're sort of thinking about obedience in these terms, we could sort of say, well, you know, there's something very important in the makeup of our, of our psyche, the way that we, we inherit these ideas of what is right and what is wrong, um, and the way that, you know, that then plays out in, in the kind of people we become and whether or not we're obedient. So for a, for a psychodynamic psychologist, for a follower of Freud, the answer to this question is very simple. You're going to either pick it up or not, depending on the kind of relationship you had with your parent. Now, if you had a parent who was very um, sort of harsh and demanding of you, perhaps, then probably you're quite likely to obey. But why are you obeying? Well, you're obeying because you've sort of learnt through fear and through the kind of iron rod of a, of a harsh parent. that you know, if you don't obey, then that's bad. But also because you've, on the other hand you know, got this id, this drive within you that kind of wants pleasure, but you're denying yourself it all the time. Actually, the motivations for why you're doing it are kind of interesting. Um, They're more to do with the idea that actually you, uh, you know, you sort of feel like you should, because that's sort of the socially acceptable thing to do but actually you know you're kind of mad at your parent and you've got this sort of underlying antagonism towards them and probably quite a lot of underlying antagonism towards the individual making this request of you but you do it anyway and instead you deflect that anger onto people who are not obedient so you see them as troublemakers and problematic rebels and everything else but actually deep down in your psyche you're just jealous of them Okay, so 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 that's sort of another um, turn on this whole idea of obedience. But let's just come back then to the social psychology of it. You know, there were really important questions that drove the work of Stanley Milgram. Is obedience a result of people's disposition or is it a result of the situation? And this is kind of the, the, the crucial thing here. If it's disposition, which is kind of where the psyche is coming at as well, I guess, but it's, it's basically internal factors. So things within this individual in question that make them more or less likely to obey. But if it's a situation, then that means that basically give people the right kind of parameters and they either will or they won't obey. And if that's the case, then that kind of suggests some quite telling truths about all of us. Now, these were the questions that drove Stanley Milgram's work. He was the, the son of, um, of, of Jewish immigrants uh, who, had, who had moved away from, from Poland before the outbreak of the Second World War and, uh, and, and settled in America. And Milgram, you know, was, uh, you know, was really driven by this idea that, you know, maybe the Holocaust, maybe what happened in Europe during um, the, the sort of 1940s could happen anywhere. Okay, and and he was also therefore sort of influenced by you know the massacre at My Lai, um, in uh, during the Vietnam War, where you know large numbers of American soldiers carried out direct orders which were you know horrific, you know the mass slaughter of of civilians of, of men, women, and children in these villages that had no kind of bearing on the Vietnam War at all. It was just purely just to show sort of that kind of shock and all might. And then you get, you know, sort of modern interpretations of these same things. Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq in, in the early part of the 21st century. You know, US soldiers who were in charge with, of, uh, of these uh, individuals who were, um, you know, suspected of being terrorists or having terrorist sympathies. None of this had actually been proven, but basically these uh, military personnel were sort of subjecting them to kind of mass torture and horrific abuse. so we come down to this point then of like, well, what were the things that constructed all of that? You know, because outside of of those situations, those people were presumably normal people, normal men and women who had perhaps gone into a military environment. And we could talk about perhaps the specifics of, of operating within a military environment. But, you know, these are normal people that outside of those situations, you know, they had families, you know, they were sons, they were daughters, they were perhaps mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, you know, they had all of those other aspects of humanity. These were not just cold, hard psychopaths, you know, it'd be incredibly unfortunate <laughs> to have that many psychopaths in one place. Um, and so, yeah, th- this is really the, the the point that we come to here as we sort of think about um, obedience. You know, uh, Philip Zimbardo, who conducted the Stanford prison experiment, was called as an expert witness in the trial of the military personnel responsible for the torture in Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq. And he, you know, basically wanted to argue the point of of the situation dictating the kind of behaviour that you see there. Now, this is obviously a slightly different Thing to obedience you know this is more kind of conformity to social roles which is obviously what Zimbardo is interested in but you know if we think about social influence processes and the idea of you know the the sort of influence um of people's behavior um you know, or the influences on people's behaviour, then, you know, that, that, that's kind of really what we're getting to here. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld, who was the Secretary of State at the time of Abergrove Prison, when it all came to light, kind of said that it was just a bunch of bad apples that had made the, you know, that the, had made the rest of the, the, the barrel of apples bad. This is just a phrase, you know, bad apples in the barrel. You know, if you just got one or two, a whole barrel is going to rot within no time. But Zimbardo was saying, no, it's a bad barrel. You've got a whole situation here that has just geared itself up to produce these kinds of scenarios. And that's what Stanley Milgram was all about. So, you know, when we think about this, it should make us a little bit uncomfortable because it is. we're going to look at in the next podcast is uh, Milgram's experiments in Mm. obedience and we'll be exploring this question because essentially you know it it does sort of help us to face some quite difficult truths about our own capabilities you know and and also you know our own um, sort of perhaps limitations of uh of choice and of free will um but uh yeah that'll be a next time so thanks for listening to Sightbites and um yeah see you next time